0: big hullabaloo and dinks this week was the sell or acquisition of Midway Dental Supply Company with Henry Shine. Looks like it'll be a fairly smooth transition. I know there's been some chatter always with any change. There's concern about how uh, that will affect customers and clients, but I have great confidence in those who are currently running the company that it will hopefully be a nice and smooth transition. But it's always interesting to watch as uh, large conglomerates like Henry Schein are starting to um, acquire smaller supply companies. And I couldn't help but question a little bit about what the strategic move is. The business part of my brain is always wondering, what's the play here? What does... What do they see in the marketplace as far as the dental community is concerned that we can't see yet? We don't have quite that vision. Um, And so I've been stewing on lots of different ideas as to why Shine might have made this particular move. Um, I hope it's to advance the educational outreach that Midway has really perfected over the last couple of years, as well as to continue to um, create that high touch point dental supply company, Um, And maybe learn some things from these companies that they're acquiring. So, you know, time will tell as to what the the long term play is, but um, I can't help but be curious about the strategic maneuverings of these larger icebergs that are sort of in our community. This week, I also learned something new, and I wanted to share, probably I'm boring those of you who already understand this concept, but indulge me for just a moment for the few who may be listening who also were in the dark like I was. So I was alerted or, or became aware of an issue that's on the Massachusetts ballot coming up in November, and it talks about the medical loss ratio. And so I was curious, what is the medical loss ratio? How does this impact dentistry? Why are dentists, dentists concerned? So let's go back just a little bit. When the ACA, uh, the American or the Affordable Health Affordable Care Act was put into place under uh, President Obama, there was a particular piece of the language that required that insurers, medical insurers, had to spend 80% at that particular time. And this can be slightly state-specific, but as a general rule, it's an 80-20 rule. 80% of the premiums that are collected have to go directly back into healthcare and healthcare initiatives, while 20% of revenues collected from premiums can be used for marketing dollars, administrative costs, et cetera, rent, you know, those types of things. So, the idea between the 80 20 rule or the medical loss ratio is that any money that is collected through premiums that doesn't go through direct healthcare costs or healthcare initiatives is to be refunded back to the insurers and the policyholders. Curious out there, how many of you have received a dividend check from your? insurance company because they didn't quite meet the medical loss ratio quota. I, for one, have not received one check yet. So this coming election year in November, Massachusetts has a dental inclusion into the medical loss ratio. So up until now, for the most part, dental insurance has been excluded from this particular clause. I believe California did pass something pretty comparable uh, a few years ago, and it's sl- and Maine also recently also passed a medical loss r- ratio that include dentistry. But it's now hitting Massachusetts. And the real question is, how many other states will eventually fall into this particular inclusion with dental insurance companies? And then the real question is, What's its long-term impact on those who are insured and those of us who provide care? What I feel most confident about is it's probably not an increase in reimbursement rates. And as an insured person within the medical loss ratio state, it does not appear to be a dividend back on my premium either. So it'll be interesting to see, number one, if this takes traction out of Massachusetts Uh, if it passes and now dental insurance companies also have a medical loss ratio they have to comply with. I will say one of the good things that will come out of this is that there is a lot more accountability to the insurance commissioner, specific to your state, of how the insurer is spending those premium dollars. So it will be reviewing salary allocations, marketing dollars, et cetera. So maybe the silver lining of this will be that we'll see some improvement in the dentist and insurer and insurance company relationships. We can only hope. But it is definitely something that we all should be paying attention to, watching our ballots to see if our states are going to be included as well. And certainly now the ADA, the AGD, and other organized dental groups have it on their radar to see what advocacy efforts and where do we really fall on this issue. This one for me is clouded with unintended consequences. I don't know where I stand or what's right and what's wrong and and what do we really wanna support. So I'm all ears for any feedback. we'll post this on the site, open it up for content and for debate. We had a lot of good debate today about What organized dentistry is doing to support us in the cause of improving our insurance relationships? And this is another ballot issue that's going to come up. Massachusetts won't be the last state that brings this to the forefront of the voters. So it's on us to stay informed. And it's also on us to start making some type of stand on whether we're for or against. I'm going to continue to do my homework to figure out exactly where I fall. And I'll keep you posted. And that's it for the news. (laughs) We'll <laughs>